0: Welcome to Service Sharp. This is a podcast all about ServiceNow. We'll be talking strategy, architecture, technology, and everything ServiceNow. This podcast is not affiliated with ServiceNow. The opinions expressed are our own. We're just people that are very passionate about the platform. Join us for every episode.
1: All right, welcome, welcome back. This is Jason Gibson uh, with Service Sharp. Um, With me, of course, I've got uh, Brent Peters, Justin, and Randy. Um, We are going to be talking about uh, data. Imports today, and uh, which is uh, going to be a fun topic. And we're going to have some show and tell. So uh, I appreciate Brent uh, putting this together for us. He's going to walk us through a couple of different ways. Uh, but before we get started doing that, I wanted to kind of talk about, May, what are we, what are we got, what have we been up to lately, um, and is there anything cool we're working on?
2: Oh, one of the cool things that I've been working on lately is uh, one of the companies I've, I've been working with uh, went to a safe kind of um, safe agile model and they finished, they're finishing their sprints and stuff and they're getting to the end and they've uh, overestimated what they could do on a story uh, for that sprint. (laughs) So they needed to, close that sprint out and move the work, the, the rest of their work onto the next sprint. So the train, I, I forget what his official name is, but the train engineer guy has come up with, well, we just need to split the story. So whatever time you had left, put it in the new story. So we're automating a process for that. So they can go and say, hey, we're not going to finish this work by the end of the sprint. So let's split, split this story and have a news story in the in the next sprint and so on so it it takes the time that you've already or the points that you've already used subtract them from your estimation and puts them over in the news story so it's it's pretty cool it saves the scrum master some time nice nice justin what do you got going on right now uh, just
3: uh, wrapping up uh, integration with SAP, the uh, by design aspect of it. Uh, got the purchase orders and goods receipts working. That's been a treat. Uh, also working on SCCM integrating with uh, the CMDB, trying to combine that using the, the little, uh, what do they call the It's not a module, but... The app or whatever you want to... I can't think of what it's called. The thing you get from ServiceNow. It's the uh, connector. There we go. Uh, yeah. Real good talking circles around myself. Anyway, and then uh, other thing working on was a little bit more with Informatica. Cool. Oh? And that's been also a treat. <laughs> there is some sarcasm there. Now, the uh, Informatica is probably a really cool tool if you... Have someone who knows how to use it, but we're learning it as we're also trying to develop the service now integration into it. So it's not, it's not been a great, uh, not been a great time.
2: That's always fun. Well,
3: wait a minute! I thought that that was the proper way. Yeah, no, Learned. that's just the way it always ends up. I don't. Oh. Think. oh, okay. You want to know why I quote you forty hours and it takes four hundred? Well, that's how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha.
1: Yeah, Well, you know, it's funny because I i can't seem to get away from integrations I'm working on, two integrations right now. One is <clears throat> with Dynatrace, which really is an upgrade to their existing uh, plug-in that they have. And, uh, and so um, it's been interesting to go through that process to get that plugin in um, upgraded correctly. We actually had to uh uninstall it and there's a lot more to it than I thought there would be you can't just upgrade it if you're trying to take advantage of the new features and so there was there was some stuff that had to be done that I didn't quite expect to initially but um, but it's uh the amount of things that that integration is doing um, is actually pretty cool so they it, it is uh, it's definitely worth looking at um, and then uh uh, a Splunk the integration. Dina, uh, Dynatrace? Dynatrace. Okay. It, it's importing CIs. It's a monitoring tool, basically. Uh, creates incidents and brings in CIs and applications and everything. Um, and it's doing a bunch of mapping, which seemed to be great, um, as well. So that, that was, that's been fun. And then I'm working on a, a work, a, um, a flow that, starts with um, uh, starts with it actually will, is creating uh, after a series of other events creating a a um, user in the sys user table through a script and then creating a um, some CIs and some groups and relating them all and hitting all the related tables is kind of
4: it's been fun uh, very different. I don't like following you guys, because I just sound lame all the time.
3: (laughs) I mean, there was a small amount of silence at the beginning. You could have jumped in there and said... I know.
4: Well, from now on, I will. I will be, like, lightning quick, and I can say something spectacular. Like, I've just been doing managey stuff like documentation and strategy,
2: hey, keeping the stuff, lights on. That stuff has <laughs> yeah. to be done by somebody. Hey, that's right. <laughs> better you, better you than me. Exactly.
1: <laughs> I've just been running things. Yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah, it sounds it, it sounds lame. That's for sure.
1: Nah, no, not at all. We get to do the fun stuff. We leave. We leave the. Uh, the the other stuff to to those that are more capable than we are. What are you talking about now? I, I'm sorry to say, you get the wrong guy. <laughs> come, come on now, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, you, well, you know. So. All right, so the the topic today, we're going to try and get back on track here. Uh, the topic today is the import. So I'm going to turn this over to Brent uh, and let him uh, start walk us through uh, all these wonderful options, and then we'll we'll talk about it.
2: All right. Well, um, I'm not actually going to talk about every option because there's so many options. So I'm going to really only focus on two of of the most common used um import types. So you can you can do importing data into ServiceNow several different ways. Um the two I'm gonna talk about are quick, you know, file in, in imports. So you can do like a an import set and set up your your data, your load your data, do your uh, transform map, import it and verify that kind of stuff, and then like doing a um, import through like the list. So, um, so I may be using uh, just a personal dev to kind of show this, and I'm going to be putting data into a uh, just a generic custom table that I created that just is going to store a few things like somebody's name, their department, uh, if their dominant hand, blue favorite color, higher date, uh, just like a location. So I kind of just did some generic things that are, you know, like a date, uh, a choice box. So, you know, Mm -hmm. dominant hands, a choice box, uh, a couple of reference fields kind of, you know, kind of go in and then kind of show how it works for all that. So, um, so right now, we only have one record in here. We have ITIL user facility. His dominant hand currently is left. Uh, he might have something happen to him later, but anyways, all that's in there. Um, so to do imports, we're gonna, I'm gonna start with the... Uh, uh, um, I'm, I'm gonna start with import set. So if we go over here, we under system import sets, Uh, You do have to be an admin to be able to do this. Um, I think you might be able to delegate a rollout, but most of the time it's going to be an admin. Um, So first thing you have to do for an import set, there there are several stages. There's you you load your data. Um, If this is the first time you're loading this type of data in here, you will then have to create a transform file um once you do the transform file then you can do your mappings of this field on the spreadsheet or csv file or whatever goes to this field in the table map those out and then go through so first thing we're going to do is we're going to load up a excel spreadsheet um so uh you, you have to go in and uh the first thing we want to do is create a new table because we have not imported this data in before so uh the new table is just a temper uh, kind of a staging table for uh your import so what what the import's going to do this way is it's going to take this the spreadsheet that we have it's going to take the data from that and put it in this temporary uh, table And from that temporary table, that's when you run your transform that will then map it over to your your table, give you some options, and then move from there. So uh, we're going to start with a new one. The new one, I'm going to call it, uh, you know, just so I can make sure I keep my stuff straight, uh, I'm going to call it user test data because that's kind of what our application is. So my default is going to create that table it is creating a custom table for you, but it's within the import stuff, so it's not, there's nothing you have to do. It automatically does that, um, that kind of stuff. So uh, you have several different options from this point. You can do it from a file, or you can do it from a data source. Um, A data source are used to create an import set so that the data can be processed. If necessary, prior to being mapped, or production table and so on. So the data sources usually you'll set that up for like LDAP or uh, JDBC connections or FTP. Uh, so you would have to set up a data source before you could load your data. Um, this is helpful whenever you have like a SQL database from other some other system that you need to pull data in. Uh, and you can do it like on a scheduled uh, on a schedule also. But today we're just gonna do a file import. So I'm gonna go file, I'm gonna choose my spreadsheet. So I'll choose file, and I will choose my spreadsheet here, um, and open that up. So in the spreadsheet I have several lines. Um, I guess I should have opened the spreadsheet so you guys could see it. So this spreadsheet, That's good. Uh, This spreadsheet has the user information in there. We're going to be importing 11 uh, 11 records, uh, different data for all of them. Uh, I've kind of just put them in in the format so that they'll they'll kind of match. Um, The dates are kind of off, but it will do things with that. That's the nice thing about the import set is it will start doing that. Also, through an import set, you can – That was real good. Uh, From an import set, you can also do an update so that you're doing, um, uh, you can update and import new data. So our ITel user here will just update if it needs to be updated or not. So let's go create. um, Windows is awesome that it told me I need to do something, so let's go start over.
4: I'm just going to jump in. If you're wondering what we're talking about, this one is one of the ones that has a video component.
2: Oh, yeah. Forgot to point that out at the beginning. Um, So if we look at my spreadsheet, um, I have one page on the spreadsheet, and my first uh, line um, here is uh, the department or the – the headers of the columns. So if we look on the import, uh, I told it my spreadsheet. So it wants to know what sheet number has your data. So uh, I only have one sheet. So one, uh, if your data was like on the third sheet over, it would, you would put three in there. And then the header row is one. Um, I've read into where this is different on, on things. Uh, like if you're getting a um, spreadsheet from your, like a vendor of here's the hardware that you currently have purchased and and they send that to you every so often. Uh, Sometimes their formats are different. So they have a, 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 the first sheet's like a summary and the second sheet actually has the data. So you could put two in there. Um, I also seen where the first row is not really your data. It's like the third row down. So uh, putting that in there is always a good thing and keeping, making sure that it is correct. So at this point, I will go ahead and submit this. Oh, I will go ahead and submit this. And what this will do is upload my file. So what it has done is says, uh, it's it's done your progress screen. It says that it completed. If there were any errors, you would see an error here and it would tell you what the error was. Um, The message underneath it tells it how many uh, lines it processed. Out of those lines, how many uh, inserts are they going to do? And so, if since um, since we had eleven um, columns of data in there, and this is just going into our temporary file or temporary table, it says eleven. Uh, once we do a transform, that's when it will actually update that ITEL record. Um, from here, you can do several different things. You can look at um, your import sets here and the import set shows the current state of the sets that you created, and you can drill down to see the data from there.
1: That's helpful uh, if you're troubleshooting why the data didn't come across. Yeah.
2: If you get current. an error message, you can come over here and, and kind of troubleshoot that down. Uh, from there, uh, from this, the previous screen, when it, when it gets back, yeah, uh, you have your loaded data the loaded data is actually each row, so all 11 of those will show. So if we click on loaded data, it shows here is our our 11 things. Starts with zero and goes on down to 10. Each one of these is the record or a line of data that we had in our spreadsheet. And you can click on the number and see the data to make sure it came across the way you wanted it and so on. Uh, then, uh, if you have a transform map, transform map already created, the next option would be uh, run transform. We don't, so we're going to create a transform map. So by cre- creating a transform map, this will pretty much writes the uh, sc- the little area. Um, lack of a better word, a kind of scripting part of it for you to say, when this type of file is loaded to this table, we want you to use this transform map to map our fields out. So we're going to name this.
1: um Well, the cool thing is you don't have to tell it to, to, when you're doing often like a, uh, something that's scripted where you're dumping the the data into the import set you a lot of times you don't ha- you don't have to say run the transform you right, create right. an update you create a set and you put it in the import table in the in the transform nose to go ahead yep. and run
2: right so if you're going to schedule an import you only have to create the Im- the transform map once and then all the other schedules that come in you can do a uh schedule that then um pulls the file, uploads it and then runs this this transform map for you automatically. So this is just a, a the first time first import you do. So uh you got to name the import. By default since we came from the import set that we did, it'll automatically put your source table in there. Um it's defaulted to active. You could in- inactivate it if you want. You can't run the transform if you did that, but you could, (laughs) uh, run business rules. If you want it to run the business rules that you have on that table while it's doing the import, uh, you can do that. Uh, A lot of times you, you don't want to enforce some of that stuff. So you could, you have the option to turn it off. Either way works. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and leave that on. You can enforce mandatory fields. Uh, you have a couple options there. You have only, maps, uh, only mapped fields will be uh, enforced. So if we had 27 enforced fields and I only had three fields on this import, you could say only make the three that I have.
3: And that, really
1: comes, that really comes in handy when you're bringing in like incident. Yep. Like you're, you're mapping into the incident table and you need to make sure that you have all the mandatory fields filled out. Um, it's every time.
2: It's good if you're importing like uh, CMDB stuff too. Yeah, you that's don't true. want a dirty CMDB, so you you uh, say only import it if it has a map If these are required fields, are there? Right. The require, if there are no required field, it'll skip that record, and it'll give you an error at the end and tell you which ones were missed and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could say all fields no, whichever. Uh, if you wanted to go ahead and copy empty fields, you can have it do that. Uh, you can create a new record on empty COLISK fields. I always mess up with this word, so bear with me. Uh, so if it's empty, like if your your um, key field is empty, it will still create a record. Um, mm. By default, if you say this is a the key field that you need to always – it's always going to be generic or be uh, only one of them, it, it won't create a record. So mm. – uh, your target table, so in this case, we're going to put the user test uh, data, the custom table that I had. Uh, the order, you could have multiple transform maps, but most of the time, I have to say, I've never had multiple, but um, most of the time it's just the one. So
1: I've had a couple times where I've had to do two, um, and and run one after the other but it's it it is very rare that you have to do that
2: yep all right so i went ahead and saved it so what this gives us now is we have several ways that we can go ahead and map our fields so our spreadsheet here has these uh six fields and they kind of match one for one to our other uh you could instead of name it could have said full name or something like that but I went with name. So, you have several ways you can do this. You can click on the auto matching fields, and what that will do is they'll go and look at the spreadsheet or the um, temporary data that you've put in. It'll look at those column names and it will go to the table and the target table and look at those and try to auto map those fields for you. And what it will do is map them out and put them in a list below, and then you You have the choice at that point to make updates if you need to. Uh, Do you guys use that a lot? I just usually go straight into Mapping Assistant. It depends. Um, I've I've used it, and we will be using it probably in this one uh, just to show how quick it can go. Uh, Mapping Assistant is something I've used – I used to use quite a bit, but I haven't lately. Mapping Assistant – just put your source data on the left and your uh, target data on the right, and it's easier to map them up. So you can come in here and you can say, okay, I know this one's name, and that will go to this name over here. And see, you're mapping them cross-cross. Across. Well,
1: and this comes in handy when you're saying, uh, I want to map you service account ABC John to yep. name.
2: Yep. Yep. So and uh it also gives you along with this, you get to see a sample of your data down below and what it would look like on both sides.
3: That's I've used it for when I have it extremely lot, which is probably backwards what most people would think. But the <laughs> more fields I have, I'm more likely to use this if I have a ton of fields than the auto.
2: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And especially I, I use this a lot more when I know that in one in my source it was not name, it was, you know, um vendor ID, but on the source table it's name. So, you yeah. know, you 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 have a lot those of... Aren't,
1: those aren't gonna auto match. I mean they're yeah. just they're no not they're not, not. match because they're just they're too different. Yeah. Um but it is the, honestly, whatever logic is in the auto map, it does a pretty good job. I'll be honest; it
2: it really yes, does. It does as usually. long as your
3: naming is, is fairly close. Fairly is close. Yeah. Uh, for me, I've had problems where, like what Brent was saying with the uh, name. Like, if I have if I do have a name field in both, but I I want one of them to use like only the last name, but there still is a name field. It's going to yep. auto map to the name field because that's logically what it would map to. <laughs> But you can do the
1: auto map and then go back to the mapping assistant. Yes, we yeah. but in
3: those cases, it's. I mean, I it is all you know, depending on the how good your CSV file or whatever file you're using. Yes,
2: uh, yeah. I've also yeah. I've ran into where they had in the spreadsheet they had name, like uh, not exactly name field, but they had the same fail, field name twice or multiple times in the columns, so. Dumb format, but you know, that makes auto mapping not work.
3: I've had that when they're merging like three different PMs are merging their one giant spreadsheet, yep. with one spreadsheet. Yeah, so really common to have
2: multiples. That's why there's three different ways or multiple ways to do this. So uh, you can also, if you really wanted to, manually hit new and do every single f- field one by one. So you'd have to pick your source field and then pick your target field, hit submit, do the next one. For those
1: uh, of you that like to, to, to uh, create problems for yourself.
3: <laughs> well, I, don't know. I have done that before. <laughs> if you have uh, a really productive day and you want to slow it down, go that route.
2: Yeah, I, yeah. I've, I've done several where there was so much wrong with the data that you were getting from the vendor that I had to write scripts for every one of the source fields and map them to the target, so none of the mapping assistant or auto match would work. So, I've had to create them that way before. So, which I don't know if you want to talk about that this now. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, moving on. So, yeah, moving on. No, uh, moving we'll go on. over the, we'll go over that here in a second. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I hit auto match, and so what it does is it'll go in, and here's my source field. Here's my target field, and it looks like for the most part they matched, and so they did pretty good. Um, so, kinda go where Jason was going, I think. When you click on these, you can edit these. So, uh, you have your hire date. So, you have your map, so this one is the map. Automatically put your source table in there, and it shows all the uh, source fields. So, you can select your source field. This one happens to be a date, so you can say what the date format is. Uh, you have your target table, and then you have your target field. So you can always say, "Well, they said hire date, but I really want it to be the idea. No, don't do that. Uh, be a tag or something. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you, this is where you can set where it's a, if it's coalesce field.
1: Coalesce. is it coalesce or coalesce?
2: I don't know. I think it's coalesce. 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 I uh, so you can set that this is the key field. And there should not be any duplicates of this one. Well, the higher date's not going to be that that one. We'll do that here in a minute. Let's say their higher date is in a weird format, and you need to redo it, or you want to say their higher date is this, but over here. on the target date we want their um, calculated retirement date. Okay, let's say that. So what we can do is do use source. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to bore you with typing. So I have something already out. So from here, you can add the code in here, add some code in here. That's real nice. Uh to like do uh some kind of calculation against your hire date. So in this case, what I'm saying, I know it's short, but uh is you know do a new date is equal to source dot date. So this this field that we were doing is a, a source. Uh, Do your glide date time, add four years, which that should probably be 40 years. Uh, Put it, uh, grab the date from that 40 years from now and set that as your answer. So whenever this gets run, it'll add 40 years to the hire date and put it as the retired date.
1: Well, and I, I use this a lot when it when i'm getting the data that doesn't match the data in the system and i'm saying okay wait a second so that i'm going to take the source data and i'm going to parse the first three letters off because they're putting junk in front of the actual user id or something right there's
2: there's that there's also if um i run into it quite a bit from uh, a data import that one of the companies I work for gets they have in service now the their customer names are first name last name but right. the data source you get is last name comma first name so we <laughs> run a script that just switches those around and then does a, a query to bring back the sys id and make it match perfectly so that's yeah. kind of what we do that's one thing but script, You can pretty much do uh, most of this scripting in here like this. Uh, Just you have to remember to allow it to have the answer function and leave the source and then at the end, make sure your answer equals what the answer is. Right. So, um, yes, I'm going to discard that because we want higher to higher. So what I did the auto map it did all this, but it did not set my coalesce field. So if we look down here, name is not coalesce. So I'm gonna go ahead and make this true. And what that does, and I've I've kind of mentioned it a few times, is the name field is going to be the key field of the table, or the unique ID. Of the table, so if it started to load stuff in and it it goes and queries the table and says, "Hey, ITEL user is already in here. Let's make sure the data matches." Oh no, nope, there's something different. It will go update the the different um, the different data, but it won't overwrite the record that's there. What if I want to do more than one? You mean you want to have ITEL user in there more than once? No, I want to make, I want, I want more
1: than one fields to co on. Oh, okay. Yeah. On.
2: You can, you can do more than one. Good luck. Um, the more <laughs> you put in there, the more likely you're going to have failure in your script or in your import, but it can be done.
1: It happens a lot on the CMDB stuff, yes. right? Yes, it does. That, that so. you need to say, I need it to be, you know, this type of device and this name,
2: yep. right? Yes. So so i made this update i'm gonna make sure that we're good so i'm gonna right click and hit save Uh, from this point we have some new options you can always um no i don't want to it wants to index my name and i don't want to do that right now uh you have a couple options you have your your auto map and your mapping assistant still now we have a transform file button so when we click the transform it's going to take the import that we have and try to map it to the data user record uh you can also index your coalesce fields um i'd be leery about doing that on a production system because depending on how many fields you have how much data you have that could do some some stuff uh indexing your tables should be a a totally different conversation um it should be done a different way, I would think, or I I prefer. Okay, so at this point, we're going to go ahead and do. Let me make. Let me look at my notes here. Yes, we're going to go ahead and transform. So when I click the transform, it's going to pop up and say, uh, "What do you want to transform?" So we have a list of uh, update our import sets up here. I've only done one, uh, so there's only one, and the last one you just you did is the one that defaults in there Uh, you want to select which map you want to do if you had multiple maps multiple maps would show over here but since we only have one it automatically moved it over for us at this point all that's left to do is hit transform and it will start mapping those fields over it was only 11 fields so it took a little it took no time so uh, said it was transforming this uh, uh, import set It completed it, it did it successfully, and uh, you can look at your transform history. And the transform history will show you uh, kind of what it did, how long it took. Like I said, it was 11 records, uh, so it didn't take any time at all, not even registered as one second. Uh, It completed. If you look at at the total, we had 11, we had 10 inserts, and one update. If you click on the date, you can see uh, your log and see what what went on and everything. So let's go see what we'd have over here. So user test data. So now if we look at the user test data table, we have 12 items in here. No, 11 items because ITIL was already in there. So it imported the data. Uh, our names went where they needed to be our departments are there our dominant hand our color hire date and location Um, but if we look at itil user the data looks the same except for somehow he changed right hands but the import said he was right-handed so uh, that's the nice thing about import sets is you can do it will do it insert if the record's not there or if it finds a matching ins- uh, record it will update the record um,
1: or it'll skip it if there's no change
3: what right, happens if, if I accidentally hit the button again to do another import transform sorry <laughs> you mean try
2: to import the same file again yeah
3: is that going to ruin everything oh help me <laughs>
2: Mainly, it won't let you do it because it's completed already. But if you really wanted to go in and say, you know, oh, no, you can't. Uh, You could run the same file over, and since the data is exactly the same, it won't make any updates or inserts because you have that coalesce field in there.
3: So it won't ruin
2: anything is what you're telling me. Uh, It'd be hard to ruin anything. I can't I get, say you can't make it do it because you can.
1: I mean, you've, see, you've seen me work, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it's uh, possible, I can find a
4: way
3: to do it. Yep.
4: You, you do know that Justin takes that kind of stuff as a challenge, don't you?
2: Yes, oh, yeah. I do. And he so, will probably break it now.
3: So one of this is reusable, though. Just I'm sure you're going to cover this later, and I'm ruining your whole flow. But
2: No, no, you're good. So uh, since I created a transform file, out here, we have this user test transform file already out here with the mappings and all in there. The next time I go to load data, it'll ask me, do I wanna create a new table? I say, no, I wanna use the existing table out there that we created, which was this one, and say, upload this file. When I do this, It'll import the file, and now we have the option to run the transform from here. And to answer your question, when I run it a second time, it'll say nothing was updated. It'll say success, but when you look at the history, it'll say 11, but no, no inserts or updates. 11 of them were ignored because there was no difference.
3: Well, that's just handy, folks. Did you catch all that?
2: <laughs> um, so. We could go a little bit further into this. You have your history down here. You have your your progress, that kind of stuff. Um, most your file inserts, most of your inserts that you're going to be doing from a CSV or Excel file or whatever are, are, are going to be really quick. They're not going to take a long time. Um, if you're doing an import from, like, an out, a outside source, like a, a Database of some kind; uh, those might take a little bit longer, depending on the speed of their de- database, your connection, that kind of stuff. So you can always check the progress on those by clicking on the progress, and it'll it'll list them all out and that kind Plus of. Plus,
1: things like if you're if you're new to ServiceNow and you're doing your first load load of users, right? Yeah. Um, it, not my recommendation when you connect to LDAP anyway, but if you're having to do something large like. That uh, just understand that if it does take a little bit of time you can check
2: the progress. Right. You can check the progress and you can make sure there's no errors. Uh you can also, if you have a scheduled one, come here like it's scheduled to go at one o'clock in the morning, eight o'clock when you get to work, you can or nine o'clock if you're Jason. Um just joking.
1: No, uh, no, you I'm can come in to, here and I, I, I am at work before any of
4: you guys are.
2: <laughs> um the scheduled Not true, because I've been working from home lately. Yes. I just roll out of bed, and there I am. Uh, you can set up schedules. Uh, when you set up the schedule, that's when you can name it, pick your data source that we talked about earlier, who's going to run it, and some you can do pre-import scripts and post-import scripts to clean up data if need be, and uh, then you can run your schedule also.
1: And and I you know I, the, I learned a lot about those scheduled imports and the scripted ones from from Justin here. He's he's uh, showed us how to bring in data through through that as well to hit uh, endpoints in the script and then create the import set and then load the data that way. Um, and and so and and so that's that was actually has been very valuable for me um to understanding what happens in this whole process it was to get that script from justin and really see what he was what he was doing and how he created everything um, in the script which has helped me do other integrations that were not that kind of integrations but it has helped me with integrations as a as a whole uh since that so
2: yep so, all right, the other or any other comments about import sets or anything' are
3: there, you, that's it's it. probably the most common thing from an admin aspect that i that I think I do really yeah, uh, yep. they're just a very you know everybody's always got some some sort of excel file they need put into yeah
2: now I usually use import sets for things that are going to be reoccurring. Um, you know, I might get a file from a vendor every three or four months that I need to import and it's the same format each time. Um, I, that's why I do import sets. If it's a one-time import, I do it a little bit different and that's what we're going to talk about in a second, but that's just a preference thing. Other people might do it through import sets for everything. Um, so is there another way to do this? Yes, there is. is. There's a lot of ways to do it. Um, (laughs) So, one of the other ways to do it is to do it from the list uh so we're in the user test data if you uh click on the hamburger if you don't have v was it v three enabled you can right click over here by the by the uh, header names uh, either way, click import I had too many windows open uh import so from here you have Uh, some limitations, but you have a lot of options. So in the import sets, I said, when you imported something, it would do an update if something was there or insert, if it isn't, when you do it from a list, you can only do one or the other. It's going to say everything on this list is either going to be inserted or everything is expecting something to be there and it'll do an uh, update. So you got to pick one or the other this way. Um,
1: I think most often is the insert for me,
2: yes, and I usually do this if it 's a one time uh, import of something um, you You deployed um, some new process and they were doing it in an old system. export the old data for archive purposes or historical purposes, put it in this way, import it, and now they have the historical stuff yeah. That made it sound so simple. Um, so you have the option to insert or update. Uh, you can uncheck this and make your own template, but Don't. it's a lot easier if you let them do it. So you do you do you want them to create an Excel de- uh, template to enter into your data? Yes. Uh, include all fields in the template, or you can say check that and only select the ones you want. So I'm going to say go ahead include all the fields. Create an Excel template. What that will do is create the template for you, and then it'll give you the option to export it. So I'm going to go ahead and hit download.
1: This is great for the person who doesn't know how to do it any, to, to do it the other, the wants to just import it into that specific okay. list.
2: Right. And there's no real scripting you have to do or anything right. like this. This is just a quick and dirty, let's get the data in there and go. No. Uh, so it a good example of what I was talking about earlier. The first sheet is directions. The second sheet actually has the data. So, but the system already, right, automatically knows this because it created this for you. So uh, the first sheet shows you your directions, tells you what to do. When you go to the second sheet, it has all your depart- your fields in here. Uh, what I have noticed, and if, if I'm wrong, correct me, the three of you at least, um, <laughs> I don't want thousands of emails. Uh, I, it goes in alphabetical unless they're custom fields. So it puts all of the out of the box Mm -hmm. fields alphabetically in here and then put your custom fields after those. Yeah. Um, And I don't think it goes by label. I think it goes by the value of the the field. So, It says department, but in the back, it might say A underscore department. So I think it does it that way. So at this point, what you do is you start putting in the data that you want to import. So you have a spreadsheet from the vendor. You can copy and paste the stuff in here. One thing to keep in mind is when you paste somebody else's data in here, um, you want to right-click and say paste values only. You don't want to move any of their formatting, any of their calculations, any of that stuff over into the spreadsheet. It needs to be data only, so right-click and values. And it does go go over that in the um, in the instructions. Uh, the other option is – or the other thing that is nice is if you have a choice field, it has already put the choices in here. So yeah, you can select hmm. from that, yeah. Um, other than that, you just put your data in. Just like the cooking shows, I automatically, or I already have. Uh, I have you one. Already cooked it. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll bring that up. So uh, it has the data in there. So I've already put my departments, my dominant hand, my favorite color, and so on. So at this point, we go back into ServiceNow. Um, If you got out of this for some reason, uh, you can still go back in and say import. You do not have to create the Excel template this time because you already had one. Uh, Choose file. So you would map out to the file you've updated. Hit open. And at this point, tell it to upload. So in the background, it has already created that temporary import table that you we did earlier with import sets. Uh, it is file. It is uploading your file. It succeeded in seven seconds. A processor tells you that it processed 10 records and it's going to insert 10 records into that temporary table. You get an option to preview your import data. Uh, it does not show all the fields, but you can fix that. Um, so at the top we have uh, couple messages. If there are any errors with your data, it would pop up at the top and show you your errors. Um, By default, it shows row and message because every import has a row and message field, but it does not show all of your custom fields. So you can, however, add those over. Uh, No. So you can see that data in there. Yeah. If it had an error message, uh, you would have an error column, and it would show what field or fields it was having the error with, and then you can go fix those. Uh, we had no errors, so at this point, all I have to do is hit Complete Import, and it'll import these 10 new records. As soon as it's done importing the records, it will take you to that table that it imported the records to, and it will only show the things that were created by you at that time of the import. So it's showing those 10 records. Nice. All
0: right. So,
1: guys – uh, we're going to need to take a quick break here. Uh, we'll be right back after uh, some messages from people who pay the bills, uh, not just Randy. Uh, so if uh, if if you just hold on just a minute, we'll be back in a moment. <laughs> All right. So we are back um, again. This is Jason Gibson. I'm with, of course, Randy, Justin, and Brent. And we were going over imports, and so um, we imported some data uh, through the secondary way to to do it. Uh, Brent, uh, let you continue.
2: Uh, we've we've got our imports in. Um, those were just the two of the common commonly way common. Ways of doing imports. Um, just keep in mind the import set does take a little time to get up set up front, but you can do updates and inserts from it. You can schedule those. You can do all kinds of flexibility with that. Uh, the list import is more of a one time. I've got some data. I'll massage it and make it correct before I try to import it. Put it in the spreadsheet and import it. So it's just a quick and dirty. You don't have to go through things. Uh, as much as you do with the import set. But import set is there. It's reusable. Uh, you just can use it over and over as long as the data format on the on the file that you have has not changed. Um, I have seen where, okay, we built a mapping and an update set, uh, import set, and everything for this um, had six columns. Six months after that, we started getting error messages. Uh, It came back, and I started looking into it. Well, it no longer had six columns. It had 12 columns, and they renamed all of the columns. So none of the mapping, nothing would work. So you have to go redo that kind of stuff when they make Mm -hmm. changes on the import side, on the, the file side. So some things to keep in mind with that, there might be some maintenance in the long run, but it's usually pretty standard a lot of times. So, Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. any anything else from you guys about it?
1: Well, I think this is awesome. Um, it's two ways to really get the data in the system. Um, I will find I, I do find there is one other way that I tend to be tend to use quite a bit, and it is just one file at a time. And the reason I end up doing that is if I'm exporting a a group that was created in production and isn't in subprod, but I need to create it in a way that the sys IDs are going to follow it. I can export that ex, uh, via XML.
2: Okay, yep. Yeah, and, so, and then
1: the sys ID follows it along with it. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's the only other way I do regularly do that.
2: You got to be careful with that, that you're not exporting out of a dev system with sys IDs and then import in a production system that already has existing sys IDs, that you're not duplicating the sys IDs that way. Yep. But yes, that is something you can do. You just got to be careful with that. Yeah. And yeah, I've used that a couple of times too. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: a few, a few, I mean, a couple of times, you know, once yep. or twice. Yep. So, <laughs> you <Today, yeah.
2: laughs>
1: know, <laughs> I, I find it interesting that people, uh, the data discrepancies between environments is pretty big. And that goes back to, doing a good clone, cloning and managing the systems in a way that there isn't a lot of discrepancies. I find that people tend to create groups in production pretty often and and users and not create them in the sub-fraud environment. So when we go in there to do something with a workflow that then, or something that needs to be done, Uh, and the data is not there, it makes it difficult for the developer. So there really needs to be a process within your organization to keep the data uh, as close to possible, you know,
2: uh, which is good practice. Yes, that's always a good practice. So, all right, well, that's all that I had planned, but if you want me to show something else, we can, or we can move on, whatever. No, I just (laughs) want to do
3: another another point on the – the sys ID thing we were just talking about—that's probably the greatest sin, <clears throat> sin. caused by like a new admin is not re- like you. Like you guys are saying, you create you know HR sub department one in prod. Well, actually, let's do it the other way. Let's say you're an actual new admin trying to do some sort of development. So in your dev, you do HR department one. And then when you go to move it to prod, you just create another one called HR Department One. Well, they got different sys IDs, so any flow designer, workflow, business rule, like anything, is not gonna—it's no longer gonna know that group because the sys ID is different. Right. And so that's you know to to Jason's point earlier, and uh, to do the export of the XML record and then import as well—that's uh, that's the safest way to do it if you're t- if you're going to use that for any type of of specific workflow or. Uh, calling out of that sys ID. So, yep. you know.
2: I just would be careful because I've only seen it once, but I have seen it where I've created, let's say I've created these in dev, these records that you're seeing right now in dev. And, you know, the sys ID is so unique and so so many characters, it's hard to duplicate it. But I have had it happen once where I created... Or somebody created some some records in the same table in Dev and in Prod. Um, they created them manually, but whenever we moved from moved the data from Dev to Prod, there was a duplicate sys ID. Yeah, I,
1: I, you know that's it's, such a rare thing because it's, it's going to be a, a
2: rare, rare thing, thing, but like it that. is something to keep in mind because it could it cause is. some big issues. Yeah. So.
1: And, and, and those are very difficult issues to uh, to find because yes. it's like <laughs> who would thought right? So that's, yeah. that's where that's yeah. where you end up uh, having a high ticket for a while and then all of a sudden having a, an epiphany that.
2: Oh, I just oh, chanced great. upon that one, but yeah, that was that was a weird one. So Very cool. very cool.
1: So data imports are awesome. Um, There's, here's a couple of ways for you to be able to do it. Um, You know, have fun bringing in the data because you're going to be doing it forever. If you're in development or administration of service now, understand that if you're a developer, there is about a dozen ways to script inside the imports. Um, You have, you know, um you know you can script in every in, in almost every aspect of this you can create a, a custom script for it you can script in the in in the actual variables that you're bringing in you can script mm-hmm. in before script you can do you know there's lots of ways you can do the scripting on this so If you are unsure about where to do it, uh, reach out. I mean, we'll be glad to answer the question for sure.
2: Oh, yeah. I just did the simple hire date to retirement date kind of thing just to kind of show what can be done. But, yeah, you could get very complex. Uh, Keep in mind, the more complex you get, the longer your import takes. But if you need it to clean up the data that you're getting, then do it. I mean, it's, it's, it, right. You're going to need clean data, is what it needs to be. So, yeah, absolutely.
1: All right, man, awesome. This is great. I really appreciate you showing us this and, and, yep. um, and if you guys have any questions about how to do any of this or have any specific questions, we'd love to answer them. Remember to reach out to us on LinkedIn. Um, you know, we are uh, on YouTube and LinkedIn, and, you know, um, of course, through the podcast. So, pretty much. We're as as close to as many places as we can find. So share. um, I appreciate that. Uh, Also like uh, it helps with getting us out there and letting other people see uh, these valuable kind of tips and tricks. And uh, we hope that uh, you guys join us for the next one.
4: Yes, we do. Sounds good. I just want to say that if you're um, if you're displaced, uh, if you've been displaced by this pandemic um, shutdown and companies pulling back and things like that, and you're looking to improve or jump off on your uh, ServiceNow skills, or just need some help with polishing up your tech resume or interview questions or something like that, reach out to us. We we want to help people uh, you know, that that might need help getting back on their feet with stuff like that. Oh yeah
3: that's it for me
1: all right guys well until next time right um i
3: i've been uh, i'll look forward to the next one thanks, thanks again man. brent for showing everything and yeah brent you're uh, awesome for the invite everybody i appreciate being here it was great appreciate it thank you yes thank you guys <laughs> See ya.
0: we want to thank our flagship sponsor for this show the sharpstone group llc Sharpstone is your source for all of your ServiceNow needs. Implementation, development, administration, strategy, and architecture. Contact the Sharpstone Group today at info at or 405-594-0100. We'd love to answer your questions or have you on the show. Contact us at servicesharp at sharpstonegroup.com or find our LinkedIn info in the notes. Additional sponsorship opportunities are available.